So, Jonathan, before we get into this episode, can we at least agree on one thing? Okay. Can we agree that George Lucas may very well be the worst major director for script writing? For script writing, I kind of have to agree with you on that. Um, to be honest, there's probably some worse ones out there. Like a major director, like out of a major franchise. Yeah, out of a major franchise, I unfortunately would have to say absolutely. Okay. And if he's listening to this... I'm sorry, sorry, George. But 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 if you are listening to this though, I mean, I'd love to. Have Please a, call I'd love us. To have coffee with you. You know, we we could talk about this. Yeah, we we we, we so could. Look around. We're one of the same. Same heart. Tell same me the same blood. Hello there, Jedi. Training is in your blood. My father's The Force will be with you. Always. Oh. Okay, this is going to be one of the most complicated, biggest, um, all over the place, off the wall episodes we've ever done. Um, specifically because we are talking about the Star Wars universe. Um, exactly. Like, so, so Jonathan, I mean, let's set, let's set some uh, uh, profan- uh let's set some borders for the conversation okay okay what are we including um well we're going to be talking about star wars we're also going to be of course that's the subject we're also going to be talking about major canon so unfortunately for a lot of the original books i haven't read a lot of them yeah, i know they are I'm, really good i know a lot of fans that really absolutely love those books not but where i should be on i reading. personally haven't read a lot of them so really anything that's in the canon as of now um, and of course, I know a lot of those books are going to become canon, but at the moment, we're going to stick with canon. Yeah. And that is including, but not limited to TV series as well. And if you happen to have read any of the books, then by all means, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so like, let's go through that. So, we're obviously going to include the original trilogy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Then we'll, we'll include the prequels. We'll also include the prequels and the Clone Wars. Yes, we'll also include Clone Wars. Rebels. Yeah, we'll include Rebels. The major quite oh, and then we'll obviously include Rogue One and Solo. Solo. Yes. And then seven, eight, nine will be in and out sporadic because I don't if I had my if I had my druthers, John. If I could pull off an endgame, I would go back and I would completely change the way those movies were created. But unfortunately, at this current moment in time, this is May the fifth of twenty twenty one, they are considered canon. Yes, they they are considered canon. And then we will not include at this point because it came out yesterday, The Bad Batch. So I will not give Jonathan any spoilers. Yes, unfortunately, I have not watched Bad Batch yet. I will watch it probably after this episode is done. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, we'll, and we'll like address Star Wars from a a uh, multi-layer ideas of worldview of story of film of like everything so this is exactly. why this episode is going to be uh probably ridiculously long um so where do we even start with star wars well the first thing i wanted to say is it's in a galaxy it, far far well, away yeah yeah i guess you could say in a galaxy far far away but for those of you who are joining us though i know you all are normally used to listening to this this is story war um normally you have ethan and me talking about a lot of the biblical concepts and a lot of the social problems i guess you could say that are going on in yeah. the world but you know this is something kind of fun we wanted to try this is going to be a small short of um you know episodes going to be called nerdcom and here we're basically going to talk about some sort of franchise or something in the pop culture and 
you know, kind of what Ethan just said, dive in a little bit to, you know, what's the foundation of it? Maybe is there any type of biblical reference to it? And, you know, just kind of nerd out a little bit on yeah. this, you know? Nerd, yeah, nerd out. And, and uh, Jonathan, although he won't probably say it himself, he is a bit of a film uh, geek. I did. Yeah, that. yeah, you are. And then um, I'm more along the lines of classic story. I, I think one of the classic stories, myths, legends, that sort of thing. I think that's actually maybe a good place for us to start out. There you go. With the three original films... And even later, when when you go back, right? They actually can't be classified in the film genre as science fiction. They, uh, I forget how how specifically Lucas um, defined them, but I think he did something around. They are a space opera. Yeah, because technically, really, science fiction didn't sort of ex- well, it kind of existed. It, it existed, but Star Wars helped to make it. A reality. Yeah. Like, Although, like, sto- like, okay. So when you create a story, like when you're creating story, though, th- this is one of the big things. Is like the only other the 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 major science fiction. The other major science fiction already existed at this point, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Dune, which they're making the new movies of, they're doing a whole new franchise. They actually say that the new Dune movies are going to rival Star Wars. Yes, I have heard of this. Like, the, like the whole series may actually be a. a uh, space uh, franchise that will rival Star Wars. I mean, so, to be honest, they they actually do have the upward advantage right now. Yeah, they because do. they do have a lot of the new technology. But on top of that, they also have looked at the Star Wars trilogy, <clears throat> the prequels, yes, and have seen the issues from those movies to be able to, you know, not do make the same mistakes right. they made. Yeah, well, that it, also um, these were originally books. Yes, right. So you had uh, the author. I forget his name. He wrote dune and everything and this is actually um i was reading an article about how uh he actually george lucas uh pulled some stuff from um this author and dune yes. and everything this like so this is the, the original um and when you look at star wars though it actually you take the characters like you take the frame of star wars and you can put it literally every single character into a like medieval fantasy novel or movie Mm -hmm. because it is literally like the classic white knight black knight story saves the princess yeah saves the princess space station and we're done well yeah i mean exactly i I mean like this is pretty much i mean okay star wars no but a nobody which we find out really later is a big somebody a nobody has a mentor that's an old guy Mm-hmm. comes along they go get a rag band group of people to go save a princess from a evil dark dark lord mm-hmm. they go save the princess leave find out how to defeat this evil dark lord and the dark lord has some weapon right this weapon of mass destruction they go and destroy it i can literally take that okay nobody peasant farmer goes falls and um meets some old knight goes gets a rag band group of people goes saves the princess flees the dark lord's castle they go back to in a because they now have the special weapon that will defeat the evil dragon that is the same exact story as star wars i mean i almost am thinking of a princess bride thing i mean if it was modified the story so jonathan are you saying princess bride and star wars are the same thing no, I am not saying that at all. But when you say like, you know, farm boy medieval, I'm thinking of Princess Bride for some weird reason. I'm also thinking of uh, Sword in the Stone for some reason. Yeah. Just thinking about the mentorship there. Absolutely. But, I mean, Star Wars is very different, but the storyline is very, it's like a cookie cutter. 
you can apply it, that same it, cookie cutter storyline. But it's to a, a cookie lot of cutter because it, it it um accesses a part of them. It, it accesses a deep part of the human imagination. Exactly. Like I I mean what? Okay, tell me what girl does not want to be Princess Leia? Like does not want to be this beautiful princess who gets saved. By... I think one of the reasons why a lot of females and a lot of girls really relate a lot to Leia is not only is she some sassy princess. But she also is not just a the usual princess. She's yeah. a princess that, you know, literally gets up, grabs the blaster from Luke. Yes. Blasts the thing. He's like, he's, uh, I can't remember the line that Han Solo says, but he's like, I'm like, I love her, but like, I really hate her at the same time, you know? <laughs> um, but she's just as headstrong. One of the, uh, one of the major, um, awful points, yet memorable points of George Lucas's, uh, script writing. I love you. I, I know. know. Oh, actually, that, to be honest, that scene wasn't even script scripted. It wasn't? No, that entire sequence of Han Solo. I know Leia was supposed to say, I love you, but Han Solo, uh, Harrison Ford's character, he just said, I know. And yeah. like, I can't remember if it was because he forgot his lines or anything, but that line is one of those famous lines that was not scripted and it went crazy with everyone. They're like, yeah, oh, I, I love I mean, line. I can't tell you how many shirts I see walking around Disney. Oh goodness, like yeah. People All like, the on their honeymoon like have the Princess Leia. It and- just reminds me of how single I am. Oh, Jonathan, that's harsh. I'm like, man. No, no, no. So like, like, I mean, this is so like, I mean, you have the classic. I mean, and then you go into the other episodes, right? Like, I I mean, you go into episode. Was it is technically episode 10 of episode five, technically episode five. If you're talking about the original trilogy, Empire Strikes Back, probably one of the best Star Wars films, according to a lot of people, according to a lot of people. Yeah, it's not necessarily my favorite, although I do have an appreciation for it. Yeah, I, I, because I it was why. on such a shoestring budget. Yeah, and I can see why, though, it was probably better than a lot of the other films. And even if you look back, which is one of my arguments for why the new three movies are just absolutely mm-hmm. horrible. And you can argue me about this all you want. Yeah. But I think one of the reasons on why even the prequels, one, two and three, were so bad was because there wasn't a lot of George Lucas didn't a lot of help with the writing, which is what we sort of mentioned. And even with episode um, one or episode four, in that case, didn't have he didn't have much help with that either. But with episode mm-hmm. five, he got a help on that. And all of a sudden we have yeah, this. That, that, whoa. Yeah. That's Everyone's like, Man, this movie was so good. So I think that had a little something to do with it, too. Well, yeah, you have that. And then also, I mean, one of the problems with the prequels is uh jar jar binks but um yeah I, I don't as, as a whole is like all this new technology came into movies at that point when the, they kind of just shoved it all in there like, yeah the and they just tried to shove great, it on but let's not pull off a whole mandalorian quite yet you know I yeah mean, well, I, well oh yeah we forgot to mention the mandalorian yeah because mandalorian they basically had one huge room that they literally had everything on it was all on like a huge screen right so technically yeah it was all green screen but Actually, it wasn't even green screen. It was like one whole background that they could program to change the background yeah. to whatever they wanted it to be. Right. But in other words, they figured out how to use the technology and not make it like every single thing in the entire movie was all technology, which is coming mm. from a filmmaking perspective. That's why I kind of like the original trilogy because they didn't have the technology. If no. you wanted an Ewok, you had to make an Ewok. If you yeah. wanted a spaceship, you, you had to make a spaceship. It just felt maybe a little bit more realistic. And of course, now... We have, you know, episode seven, eight, nine, where it just looks absolutely gorgeous. It's just yeah, it does. Uh, the story stinks now. So, yeah, yeah. Parts of the parts of the story. I mean, I, I would say I would say episode nine is is the best out of the three. <gasps> no. What? OK, OK, wait, wait. So which one do you think is the best out of the three? It's definitely episode seven. You think Force Awakens is better than nine? It is. And the only reason I say that is because I recently just watched Endgame 
um, because I had a filtering system that just yeah. came through with Disney Plus. But I hadn't seen it for two years. And so two years literally after the movie came out, I watched it. And to me, it was so satisfying to watch because it was the climatic ending to a 22, I can't remember, it's 22 or 23 movie trilogy of all of this cinematic universe all coming together finishing out one movie and that was what star wars episode nine was supposed to do but i feel like if you're gonna really end this whole trilogy the skywalker saga with a movie the Rise of skywalker did not do that it, it yeah was, it, it was okay he tried well okay i Which will I say he, he redeemed the mistakes of ryan johnson jj that's the problem is that yeah. half of the movie was him trying, trying to fix, to fix ryan mistakes. johnson's problems which is the reason why i have to say that number seven in my opinion was the best do i think that they should have killed off han solo no but harrison ford wanted it the whole time so he's kind of yeah, he's, he's wanted kind of out of the deal but and of course you know um john i mean um jj abrams tried to bring back as many references as he could in episode nine to make that as you know including as much of the universe as he could but yeah. the problem is is that he spent half the movie trying to fix ryan johnson's mistakes which is why i have to say again episode seven was good because it opened he didn't have any mistakes it opened door no not even that but it opened doors i mean okay. with episode seven we got introduced to all these different characters i didn't like that it was literally a repeat of episode four where we had to blow up star killer and they even yeah. compared it which i kind of was kind of funny they compared it to the size of the death star this is death star well this is star killer based they're like oh we're just blowing up a bigger version of the death star people yeah but it just opened a whole lot of doors like who is finn what's his character who's ray what's her character who mm. are all these characters and like who's poe like are they are him and ray related are they siblings right That's what i thought originally and we didn't get any of that ryan johnson again i don't want to give garbage on ryan johnson ryan johnson is a phenomenal director outside of star wars yes outside of star wars because a, a good friend of mine really summed it up this way seven eight nine were good movies but they were not good star wars movies because, yeah, I, yeah, I can agree yeah. with that. Because if you're going to make a Star Wars trilogy, you need to account for everything that already exists in the canon and use it to your advantage, which I love that J.J. did incorporate a little bit of that into Episode Nine. you know, by including some references even from Rebels and Clone Wars mm -hmm. in that one scene. But according to a lot of rumors, like actors like Samuel Jackson had gone in and recorded live action sequences Right. And I'm like, well, where's that scene? Now, yeah. to be honest, if they would have added that scene, I think my entire view of episode nine would have changed. Yeah. I'd be completely honest. If we would have had Anakin, Mace Windu, Ahsoka, Kanan, maybe even Ezra, all these characters showing up in live action form at the very end of that movie, I would have just been like, that would have been, that would have, that would I, I, I mean, Okay, so I will say this. Um, as a person who's acted for many years now, um, done a lot of shows. I will say I actually really appreciate Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley as actor and actress. They had a Their very character, good connection. They, they had a really good chemistry with one another. And that wasn't even from a romantic side. No, that no, was no. even just being able to, you know, act together. You know, yeah, act together. Like like and even um Oscar Isaacs, another great actor. And John ba John Boyega is pretty good. He's not my favorite, but he's good. Yeah, he was good. There's the the scripts they got stuck with. Yeah, like even Kelly Moran. Like, I'll yeah. just be honest. Like, her, like she was a good actress. But yeah. the way, which is the reason why I feel like her character got hated on so much. It wasn't because, you know, she, I don't think it was because majorly because she was aging. It was because yeah. of her character and because of the movie and the way that that. Okay, episode eight was, the, can we say that episode eight is the low point of all Star Wars? Episode or do we have to eight, say episode, episode one is? Eight, no, to be honest, I think I'd rather watch episode one than episode eight. Okay. Because episode eight, 
was just, I think it was one of the biggest letdowns in Star Wars. Now, of course, I wasn't alive during episode one, so I was yeah. not one of those people watching that in the theaters and saying, man, this was a letdown. So, I mean, I will be honest, episode eight was okay. Yeah. But it just took the, it opened up so many other plot lines that did not need to be opened. And this is not Kingdom Hearts, people. <laughs> this is, we're just trying to tell a story here. It's a yeah. very simple story. And you just, what was the whole deal about the whole clicking thing with the hands? Like that's going back to Clone Wars reference. And if you haven't watched Clone Wars, you have no idea what that even means. And on top of that, that whole movement with the hands had absolutely nothing to do with Ray's character development at all. It has yeah. to do with the um, Ghost of Morbus. I think it's what it's called. But that was an entire arc in Clone Wars. And that has nothing to do with Ray. I'm like, okay, yeah. people, like, you tried, but it, it just didn't do it. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, okay, so as a person, like, I mean, I have to admit, when when Disney Plus came out with the um, the last season of Clone Wars, that was a, a high point. Because, I mean, I was raised watching this, right? And, and so, okay, so I mean, I guess we're going to shift a little bit from the film ideas to um like what the star wars universe actually is and not we are going to go from outside knowing that they are characters to inside and talk about them actually as supposedly real things i guess okay one thing i have to admit that i did not like about clone wars as a child but now being a government nerd that i have loved oh yeah is going back to back to clone wars and back to even back to the prequels and realizing uh how much okay in my opinion dave filoni is one of the best directors star wars has had hands down okay the 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 depth that dave filoni and george lucas put into the governments and the cultures of star wars is amazing and even going back like what you mentioned going back and watching clone wars because i went on a whole grind before uh season the last final season came out yeah and a lot of the uh, government episodes were a bit boring to me but i really enjoyed them because it gave another whole depth into what this whole universe is you know which is something you want to try to do with every yeah. universe even like you know like the lord of the rings universe the marvel cinematic universe yeah. you want to provide some foundational elements to what is this universe comprised of mm-hmm. and even the government is one really big aspect of that even from a biblical worldview perspective right there's yeah. some sort of view of government and it was very shocking to look and see because we always assumed oh yeah chancellor palpatine was going to become emperor palpatine and he was gonna you know or 66 yeah. and we all know that but even watching clone wars you're able to see how he was able to manipulate everyone mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and his position and also, as chancellor. Right. So, I mean, you, you have that sense, right? I mean, here we'll get into the storyline. So, you have the Republic and you have the Separatists. Well, not even that, because they're being so manipulated. That, like, when you think, okay, from a, okay, from a government standpoint, like from a person who's like literally like looking as a person who has worked in government, the Separatists were really in the right, except for the major fact that they had the Sith on their side. Actually, that's in one of the... I can't remember which episode it is. It's the one where Ahsoka goes... Oh, she goes... Yeah, she goes and visits the Separatists. Yes, and she's a Separatist. And he's like, I'm a Separatist. And then he's like, do I look so bad? And she's like, well, I'm a Republican. I'm like, um... Like, uh... I'm a Jedi. I'm a Jedi, yeah. Do I look so bad? And they're like, no. I eventually like yeah. have a whole thing later I, I, on the I mean, series. they're being Spoiler so alert. manipulated. But yeah, they're all being manipulated by the Sith, which I found right. to be very interesting. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, that's why I'm like... When you look at it, okay, like the Republic is very like 
in one sense, it, it like it, okay, if you're looking at it from a government perspective, it looks a lot like Westminster, so it looks a, a lot like the British government. Mm-hmm. And then they have um, the whole thing with this uh, chancellor, who then turns into the supreme chancellor and all of that. But like I, I, the republic is extremely corrupt. Okay, and then also, I mean, I mean, this is going to go on a little bit of like what we're going through right now in our in our own country in our own time. <laughs> but like, okay, let's look at this. You have the Trade Federation, right? What is the Trade Federation? It is a corporate company, and they have a seat in the Galactic Senate. A corporate company should not have power in the chambers of government, which that can very much apply to our own day and age. Corporate companies should not have power within the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, big tech, my goodness. We've talked about a little bit before when we did the episode on Fahrenheit 451. But like, I mean, I mean, something. That, okay, take a step back. J.R. Tolkien and George Lucas are two great creators of universes, right? J.R. Tolkien with Middle Earth, and then uh, George Lucas with the Star Wars universe. What I say, the the only place, in my opinion, right? This is an age old debate. Which one's a better creator of worlds? I will always say J.R.R. Tolkien is better. He did more depth, more everything with one with one individual oh, world than. Uh, Lucas has with like billions of different planets right one area I will say though that George Lucas outdid J.R.R. Tolkien if I could go back in time and tell J.R.R. Tolkien add this if you notice only very briefly in the Silmarillion is religion ever mentioned in Lewis in Tolkien's world have you ever noticed that like like in any of the books or any of the movies like there is not like a high priest of like Gondor Mm. there's like there's no religion in lord of the rings although it's extremely allegorical right as a christian reading it you see oh absolutely yeah right but like there, there's no religion within the storyline now where is it in star wars though but, well i mean well i mean multiple i mean you have the jedi right I, I okay so if you want to look at it from a worldview perspective star wars is coming from a trans transcend transcendent list worldview okay so you have the three major worldviews uh, or four you have uh, naturalism you have transcendentalism, if I say that right, postmodernism, and theism. Mm-hmm. So obviously, as a Christian, you're a theist. Um, nat- what would fall under naturalism or naturalism is like communism. Um, a lot of worldviews that say all the world, what there is no spirit world. Okay, the the people who are transcendents think that like there's a generally a major life force, and um, that that life force is not neither is neither good nor bad. Mm-hmm. And that you can access that force and use it for good or bad. Yeah. I mean, that even goes, if you even think about the entire universe of Star Wars, something that is commonly repeated is bringing balance to the force, bringing right. balance to the force, bringing balance to the force. In other words, that you have to be good and, and bad. Good and evil have a, they're on the same playing ground, for instance. Which is not a Christian worldview. That is not. In the Christian worldview, there is only one good, and that is, you know, the light. Mm-hmm. And of course, the darkness shall fade. Unfortunately, the good and the bad are having a conflict over right. this world, but it's not But Satan that, is a lesser power than God. Yes, that is very true. Like, okay, if you want to look at who, like, you have God, he's greater than anything. If you want to look at who, like, who Satan's equal is, it would be like Michael the Archangel. Yeah, I was about to say, it's going to be an angel. And so with that being said, it's not necessarily a battle of, oh, well, oh, we need to balance these all out. It's one of them is going to win. Yeah. I mean, that even goes with Kingdom Hearts. 
light and darkness there it's not that yep. there's a balance only one of them is going to come out on top one of them is going to win and right even in the star wars trilogy we never really quite see that we always see you know the good winning but is it really the good That's well i mean the, the, good, the good loses quite a few times throughout the no I, I will be quite frank and say that but like at yeah. the very end like episode six and episode nine yeah the good always seems to win like except for episode three when really like, the, uh, uh, which was, of course, uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, can't. In say. my opinion, one of the better movies. Revenge of the Sith was out of those prequels. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge is the best. One of yeah. The best ones. Yeah. No. So, I mean, I mean, and then I mean, I will say different. Like, I okay. So, I feel that the the Jedi get hated on so much. Like, like in our in our common day and age, people are like the Sith were really right. It's like why? Like, okay, they're like the Jedi kidnapped children. So did the Sith. Like, have you seen the Clone Wars? Have you? Seen, have you? Have you? Oh yeah, that's oh, that was such a good series too. Yeah, that was the that, one that where Palpatine was kidnapped. Yeah, the all the children. Like that was a whole thing too. Yes, so. that was that that was a whole thing too. Like, um, and, and then like I mean, you can go deeper into lore and everything there. I but, know both of them made mistakes, but it's not yeah. necessarily to say that any of them. Like were there, there was a right. very identifiable good guy. Yeah. Like I mean, you don't see the Jedi going around killing younglings. In any episode, well, one Jedi. I mean, that's well, oh, he was already Sith by then. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I mean, so you have you have all this different storylines, and and then you have when the Republic falls, you have the Empire rise, and I mean, this is why this is why in um the intro to the episode into every episode of Story War, we have that beautiful line that Padme Amidala says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is how listen, democracy dies. This is how democracy With a dies. thunderous applause. Yep. And, and I mean, it's a scary thing when you think about it. Like, I mean, this is going again back to government, even in our own times. The people wanted Palpatine to be their sole ruler. People can want socialism. They will not like it when it comes. Like, it's going to be a lot harder to rebel against. Mm-hmm. That even goes with uh, Ian Malcolm's line, which is, again, in the opening of Story War, yeah. is um, just because you can do something really doesn't oh. mean that you should do something. I mean, that's, I mean, that's such a good line. Mm-hmm. We'll, have to use, like, we'll have to do something on like AI and bioethics at some point. Which, oh, I mean, maybe like episode 50 or something. Yeah, yeah. well, no. Thing. Like, I mean, because I, I mean, that is something that, uh, I mean, Jurassic Park is talking about. Um, yeah. But I, I, like, just because you can do this doesn't mean you should. I think that's something that the Jedi, um, like philosophically, are constantly concerned with, is just because we can do this doesn't mean we should. Which is, I mean, being able to hold back, you know, because you have all this power, is a good thing to have, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the Jedi oftentimes, uh, uh, do nothing when they have the power to do something. Mm. You know, um. I think, I think, I mean, let's go episode by episode, I guess. Um, what's like, what are your, what, what are takeaways from each episode? So like, what's an episode, like, what is a takeaway from episode one for you? Oh, let's see. Well, I guess the first thing would be the concept of extraordinary things coming from unlikely places. Yeah. Um, even when we look back even to in biblical uh context yeah christ was born in bethlehem a place that nobody necessarily expected anybody to come out of um and we find even in episode one and episode four we find a young boy from tatooine who grows up and becomes this i almost wanted to say a monster in a way but like that's coming 
as mean because really one of them ended up becoming a monster and the other one ended up becoming the savior. Although in the end, the technically, technically, Anakin yes. is still technically the same. He, he technically, technically is. is the chosen one. There has been a report though going around that he really wasn't the chosen one the whole time, which I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't know. Uh, have you heard this? No, like you have to explain this. Yeah, there's been arguments that Anakin was really never the chosen one. It was like Ray or Luke. That's. I know it, it's very weird. I need to do a little more research on it, but I'm like, like, because I mean, in the end, Anakin. Anakin Vader is really the one who kills Palpatine. Exactly. So he ended up bringing balance to the force. force. It took him like a few years to do it, but you know. Yeah, it it took him a while. So Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, no, I get it. Get the whole idea of. I I mean, that's that's a common line throughout uh, mythology and story is like something coming from nothing, like a hero coming from an unexpected place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really. I mean, that's again one of the reasons that Star Wars rings so true is because George Lucas pulls from classic myth and classic Mm -hmm. story. And he just puts it in a space galaxy. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's so, I mean, there's that one. There's also the, um, I mean, it's episode two. Like, not everything saying. is as it seems. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's very true. Like, I, I mean, and like, I think, okay, okay. So there's a lot of people who love Frozen. Frozen is an interesting franchise that we can do a whole another series on. We'll yeah. have to bring Olivia in on that one. But you have to admit that the cure to Frozen, Jonathan, is Star Wars. Okay. You know what? I really didn't think about it that way, but that is kind of true. Th- th- think about it, right? Because, like, the whole... Okay, think through the whole song, Let It Go. Okay? That is not a good thing. Okay? But you transfer it... Like, okay, even though they take it to a ridiculous extreme, the Jedi are about, like, don't let your fear control you. Don't let your anger control you. Don't let don't let feelings in general control you. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is the exact opposite of let it go, which is saying let all of that control you. Right. Let your fear control you. Let your feelings control you. So in a very real sense, someone should write a book. The cure to frozen is Star Wars. Hmm. OK. Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. It's, it's a little theory theory we have going. OK. I mean, like, you think about, like, Chast... I mean, we could do a whole episode on, like, uh, Sir Gwen and the Green, the Green Knight and, like, Star Wars and Frozen. Like, the ideas of chastity and, you know, resisting your your desires. Okay? So, I mean, but, I mean, episode two... I mean, you see that de- definitely in episode three, but episode two, like, everything not being what it seems. I, I mean, it builds off of, like you were saying with episode one, um, things coming from unexpected places, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, what what else, right? The idea of friends betraying you, I guess, could be episode. We, one thing I would love for us to see, and Jonathan, do you know if there's any books or like uh, like short films or movies? Count Dooku before he's a Sith. I am very 100% sure, and I bet the Star Wars community can back me up on this. There is some literature of Dooku before he came a Sith. I am 100% sure that actually exists. Okay. I don't know where it is because I have not personally read it or gone into it. I don't think it's a short film. I know that. But right. I know some sort of literature has to exist about Dooku about that, even if it's in the EU. Yeah, because yeah, that would be interesting to see. I think it's hysterical how, um, was it Christopher Lee plays Dooku, right? Yeah. Christopher Lee always plays a character who was like once this great high ideal person but like then he becomes bad yeah even going to uh Lord of the Rings. yeah yeah no. exactly with saruman I, like that's like seems to be like the typecast christopher lee always is but then i mean going from that 
um, episode three. I mean, what are what are your takeaways from episode three? Episode three is one of the biggest things that I think I can pull out of episode three is kind of what you just said before is that not all not everything is what it seems and for the longest time what i found to be very interesting is how the jedi could not pick up that palpatine was the sith lord and he couldn't pick up that all of these clones were going to be used for some other purpose it took them this long to realize this and my my thing is in in clone wars they knew well yeah a few of them knew like i mean the 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 jedi council at one point council no, 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 no. In the Jedi Council, there, there have have you made it all the way to like the Lost Seasons yet? The Lost, yeah. Okay, so when like at some point when like they go and try to find Sifo-Dyas and everything, like they know that like the there is some nefarious plot with the clones. They just don't know what it is. Yeah, and even they know that there's some sort of chip in the clones' heads. Right. They really don't pay attention to that, and unfortunately for a lack of discernment. Clones, yeah, I think it was Fives actually who. Yeah knew about this chip and had an idea of what was going on and he tried to tell everybody but ended up getting killed in the process spoiler alert i wish i issued a spoiler alert for the very beginning of this i mean when we said that we we're going to talk about star wars I, and if they, i mean if they don't know anything about star wars yeah basically if you don't wars, care about star wars yes if you don't care about star wars at this point you're probably either a not listening to this podcast or b you're probably not going to watch them anyways or you just want to listen to our wonderful voices yes absolutely Um, but anyways because even thinking about our government today what is going on with our government that we don't know about it's a lot of it it makes us you know kind of freaked out you know is it like a clone army that the government's been working on for (laughs) forever or something you know or yeah no but you know i mean i mean that's i mean that's like i mean again like you know not everything is as it seems um yeah i mean absolute power corrupts absolutely Mm. is and that's what i mean that's what palpatine wants by the end is absolute power he isn't just oh, chancellor anymore he becomes like he is the senate right like i, I am, am the senate. senate and then he like says uh what he becomes supreme chancellor like granted permanent emergency powers mm-hmm. and then by episode four which is a great or well no we'll go into rogue one yeah rogue well, one technically you could go into Re- into uh, not rebels you can go actually yeah you can go into rebels here you could also go into rogue one oh yeah but- yeah let's go into rebels first because that does technically more directly follow mm-hmm. so rebels now, I know, have you watched all of the seasons? I have had the privilege, yes, of watching Rebels. Every season. What is your, like, like I mean, because Rebels is all over the place in some ways because it's building off of Clone Wars, but then it's also pointing some to the original films. It is. And even to, even beyond that. Yeah, beyond thing that. I will even. say without having to spoil much is Thrawn is amazing. Thrawn is, Thrawn is one of the best characters. If you know characters. who Thrawn is, um, I had always heard, so many people told me, bro, Thrawn is amazing. I'm like, Thrawn may be one of the best Thrawn? villains ever. And I saw Thrawn in this series, and you will not understand this until you watch it yourself. And it's just like, oh my goodness, this man is just a boss okay. when it comes to this. And he doesn't use any of this force or anything. No. He's just so, he's like the Sherlock Holmes of Star Wars. He is. I mean, and that's actually what I was, something I was going to say similar is, like, okay, if, for my literature fans out there, for my fellow readers, if you like Shakespeare's villains are so real and so good um, at what they do, I would say that Thrawn is a Shakespearean level villain. Like he's f- he's phenomenal. I mean, so I mean, I, I don't feel like there's much you can take away from Rebels. Like, I mean, I think one in one sense, the importance of family. Oh, I mean, 
It actually does a very good point. I don't know really if there's too much besides, of course, Star Wars lore that you can take away from it. Besides, yeah, family is really the whole premise of that entire series. And it yeah. still continues to be, even once the series ended, the season finale ends with that concept of yeah. it being really about a family. And that's yeah, something that really was. all the characters at some point either lose or want. Mm-hmm. Or both. Um, so I, I think that's I think that's why Rebels was in one sense so successful. Okay, let's move on to Rogue One. Rogue One. Okay, so my personally, my per- probably my favorite Star Wars film that's come out in my lifetime. Okay, I I kind of have to admit that I will yeah. be honest. When Rogue One came out or was going to be released, I'm like, eh, okay. But when I went and saw it, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And I think the reason why it was so amazing is because they completely blew the expectations. They did because. Although I mean, they didn't meet some I, people's expectations. No, well, well, some I, people, I, I some people that. I knew like were so confused because they thought it would be like Jedi's and Sith against each other. Well, no, that wasn't. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that everybody died at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So many people did not see that coming, and that is yep. what I love in a movie. I love a movie or like even a TV reality where it's re- where reality hits, and it's like, oh my goodness, they just killed that character off. And yeah. it's like, oh, man, you're just sit through the theater. And they're like, oh, they just like crack their knuckles. You like that? Oh, we're not done oh, yeah, yet. Exactly. We're going to knock all of them off. So they knock off the whole team. Well, yeah. And I mean, that goes. And they die in the most stupid ways. Like the guy throws a bomb into the thing and he's done. But, I'm I'm, like, but I mean, this, oh, gets, I this gets to the reality and the greediness. And I mean, this will go back into some history with Lucas. Mm-hmm. I mean, OK, at this point, at the time Lucas made these films, um, the only thing he had to pull off, he had to pull from for like space battles was either naval battles from film like naval film battles or um like for like dogfights from like dogfights from world yeah, war Two. yeah aerial dogfights and so like you can actually like watch side-by-side videos of like footage from world war Two of do- aerial dogfights and star wars dogfights but in that same sense he and expect in rogue one gets it the best the whole grittiness of World War II in Korea and Vietnam is put extremely well on Scarif. And, and I, I'd say, um, and th- I guess this is my idea of the moral of this, ep- of that episode is self-sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think w- which one is it that does throw the bomb? Like, I mean, he, they pretty much all do it for self self-sacrifice. Well, no, I'm just saying it was the pilot who a yeah. bomb got thrown into the ship and, but like they're all serving their part and the yeah. one guy, I can't, uh, Cheridum, I think is his name, but I am the one with the force and the force is with me. Yeah, goes guy. out, pulls the lever, then just gets shot. The other guy just goes out fighting everyone. Of course, Jen and Cassian are stuck on the, um, planet as it, planet blows, up. As it blows up. K2SO, um, sacrifices himself to get them into the room. Everyone all sacrificed yeah. themselves for that one ultimate purpose of being able to be free. And I guess we find that so interesting because we really we, we really understand it, but we don't. No, because like even in every other Star Wars movie, you know, we always had that one guy who has like you know the Wellheim scream in the background, yeah, the, ah, in the background. But we we never really get any character development on all those characters, and we never get that emotion of like, oh my goodness, that character just died, which is when or with Jen and um with Jen and yes. Cassie, and like we we don't even necessarily see them die, but like the anticipation, right? Like we see, yeah, we just see, see the, the ball of fire, fire. just coming and just like boom, and then right. You just and and at the, the end planet. of the episode, I mean, it goes back to episode to the, um, Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. like that idea that the good guy won. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't know, like the idea of Rogue One, Rogue One is pretty much built off of one line that Princess Leia says in Episode Four: "Hope." No, no, not that, not even that one. But like, like many people died. Oh yes. Oh, many people died to bring us this message. Yeah, 
Exactly. And so, like, I mean, that that that, that whole. Oh no, no 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 no! That was actually not. That was actually an episode six. But oh, I was think it? Leia does say. Actually, you know what? I don't even think it's even mentioned. It's not even mentioned in episode four. It how isn't? the plans got there? It's actually Moth Mothma, I think is her name, in episode six when they learn that the Emperor himself is overseeing the preparations of the Death Star, yeah. and then she says, "Many people die to bring us this message." Yeah. But it's the same exact concept that many people die to bring us this message. And yeah. For a lot of viewers, we just look over that. But with Rogue One, we're like, oh. I think that's and that's where reality kind of sets in at some point. Is like we like we tend, especially. I mean, we did a whole episode on Jer- with Jeremiah Lorig on just war. Like we tend to just like look at the numbers, and we tend not to look at the cause that someone sacrificed for. We even look at the very end scene of Rogue One when Vader goes to town on everybody in the room and literally destroys everyone except yeah. like the one guy who got away with the plans. He kills exactly. like twelve people in one shot. Yeah, and exactly. Like, oh my goodness! And after what? I think that was actually meant to be like that because after we watch this movie and we get to connect to these characters, we're like, oh my goodness, death is such a real thing. And we see yeah, it's him a reality. Just take out twelve at once, and we're like, oh, we'll never watch Star Wars movies the same way again. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think that um, and Clone Wars does it really well too. Oh my goodness, Clone Wars does it phenomenal. Um, especially like those final three seasons of Clone Wars, phenomenal. Uh, like the reality of it, like the good guys will do die, um, and like civilians will get lost and everything. And I mean that that goes into the whole just war idea. But then going from that to Solo, yeah, I guess because would Solo be technically I, okay? It was a great movie. It was a phenomenal. Yeah, it, it was, was a phenomenal movie. movie. It's probably the best Western I've ever watched. That's what a lot of people describe it as. A, if you combine Star Wars with a Western, how would you make this? You Which know? I, I feel like the Mandalorian could be said to be the same thing. It could be, yeah. But, but I mean, what, would your, what would your big takeaway be from that one? From Solo? Yeah, would it be like similar with like the whole idea with um, with rebels like the whole idea of family but i don't even feel like it's necessarily family yeah see it was so solo was kind of weird because the only thing we really got was han solo's origin story yeah and which part of it part of it story like what although we're supposed to get aren't we supposed to get a second one we were possibly going to i don't see there wasn't really too much even character development with solo the real character development happens in episode five if anything solo is just still the same character i think it's just seeing how solo got to the way he is and yeah how the, the renowned continued yeah so coming from a philosophical point of view although lando Lando was interesting. Lin, it Donald was Glover, cool. that is one of the best roles. I mean, that and I then, was kind of concerned. I was like, man, how is he going to pull this off? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? He nailed that. Yeah. So, it, like, so in all honesty, from the acting perspective, all of them did very well. Even Kyoto. And having yeah. Ray Park come back as Maul at the end. That was good. I mean, that's part of the reason I think we need to see an episode, a uh, second solo movie, is because we don't understand the whole thing with Kira. We don't understand the whole thing. We can thing. only assume, yeah. That yeah, we can left. only assume at this point. Um, I, although it was a phenomenal um, movie. I, I mean, take I mean, takeaways. I, I'd say my main takeaway at this point would be from from Kira, like this whole this whole idea of like you can't go back to something, even how bad she wanted it. Like she That's wanted kind of true, and how and, and, the, and the regret. Was, yeah, the only entire reason he was living his life the only entire reason he was doing that was to be with her yeah when all of a sudden he realizes that they met not, that might not be an option anymore he's like well, well now what do i do yeah he, life, he, yeah you know? trying to find purpose exactly which if you want to talk about purpose yeah it brings us go back purpose. and listen to our previous three episodes oh well, i was about to say it really brings us right on into episode four. Oh, it does yes so fun fact about episode four did you know that like you were saying earlier like it so it was filmed on site like in africa yeah 
I did that. you know that the people that were filming right next to them were like the big Jesus film of the time? Really? Yes. Yeah, so like they, so like they they would be like right next to each other during different sets. And so, like, you'd have like I've actually Jesus seen of that Nazareth. Movie. That's really interesting. Yeah, I forget. I forget what Jesus, what Jesus movie is. I'm not sure if it's the Jesus movie or what. I forget what movie it was that was filming right next to him. Wow. But yeah, so like they had they had um like a whole movie on Jesus filming right next to him the entire time. That's kind of cool. It is cool. So I mean, takeaways from episode four. I mean, I mean your classic of... child children's fairy tale. Yeah, in the space. nostalgia is absolutely amazing with it. But I mean, we kind of really covered a lot of mm-hmm. the details on episodes four to five to be honest in a sense um, yeah in a sense we could really just jump to episode six because i think episode six in reality yeah. brings forth redemption that that's something that kind of really sticks out as well yeah uh, although okay i i'd I say we have to go back to five for okay. a second five and six i think um bring us this full story arc of o- overcoming the dragon within yourself Over, right okay that is actually pretty true right like like i mean don't get me wrong uh six and nine for sure are all about redemption but like especially six mm-hmm. but like i'd say i would say uh five and six is pretty much all about overcoming the evil the dragon within within who you are um and, 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 and i think that's one of the very i think that's one of the reasons a lot of christians do like star wars is because um it recognizes there is some good but there's also some bad right because there is mm-hmm. bad in luke yeah he has to overcome that which really gets expressed in episode eight. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, so I think so five and six would definitely be there. Um, the whole idea, the redemption, right? He was the chosen one or not, as now Jonathan has kindly informed me. What what's what's your main what's your main takeaway from seven? Oh the main takeaway from seven. To be honest, it kind of goes along with the same exact storyline as episode four, which is, you know, and I would say somebody one. who has a purpose but they don't exactly know what that purpose yeah. is yet we have all these characters we have poe we have finn we have ray especially who have this purpose in this trilogy but we don't know what their purpose is yet and how they're going to go about discovering that because yeah. ultimately each and every individual person i think it's also why a lot of people um associated themselves so well with luke's character because we all in this life in this world have something we have this purpose and we have to find that. And even if it takes a Han Solo and, you know, like a big walking carpet like Chewbacca to be able to find out what that purpose is, or, uh, you know, like a really old Frank Oz Yoda to find to pull that out of us. And so I think that's why a lot of people associate with them. And yeah. even these new characters of Ray and Finn and Poe. Um, right. Then, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. you have you have Finn who was raised being told that like his whole purpose was this one thing. Exactly. And then and he rebels against and changing it. that. Yeah. Then you, you have Ray who's told she has no purpose. Exactly. And then you have Poe who like knows what his purpose is, but he doesn't really know how to pursue it. Actually, that's kind of good. I didn't realize on how three, each one of those three characters relates to that. You have one who kind of knows what they wanted, knows what kind of knows what their purpose is, but doesn't yeah. know the full extent of it. One who has absolutely no idea and one who wants to change their purpose. Yeah. Which of course, as we see through the series, it does. And then I would, I would yeah. say, I would say, um, this set, this, this trilogy, although it's not necessarily my favorite, um, I would say this goes right along with episode five and six, um, in a sense of defeating mm-hmm. the whole thing with the whole character development of Kylo Ren is defeating the dragon within yourself. Kylo Ren's character was probably the best character development in the entire series. The entire series. 
we kind of already saw it coming that he was going to turn at the very end. Yeah, but we did. There were just some scenes. Although I will say, debate. it actually did have me on edge. Yeah, in like, a sense, yeah. because I wasn't sure who was going to turn if it was going to be him or Ray. Like it was that one scene in episode eight when all of a sudden Kylo uses the saber to destroy Snoke. When we're like, oh my goodness, and all of a sudden you yeah. see Ray and Kylo back to back in the audience. The whole audience just screamed. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, they're going here with this, and all of a sudden for him to turn and go like join me and i'm like oh yeah so i wasn't sure yeah at that point i wasn't sure if it was going to be he she joins the dark side or i mean we were all thinking it could be the case because we saw the promo of the dark ray in episode nine episode nine right exactly so i mean so you have that with episode seven and then so episode eight our least favorite episode probably i'd like to meet one person who actually liked that movie Please, I mean, if you guys really like that really movie, know you have a, a really per- good just argument for why that movie was amazing. As a Star Wars movie. As a Star Wars not movie. As a Ryan not as a regular movie, because we already admit it was a good movie, but yeah. not a good Star Wars movie. But if there's anyone listening to this who wants to admit that this was a really good Star Wars movie and provide proof, then I'm like, hey, invite you on the show, please. Yes. I, I would love to talk to you about this. So, little fun fact. and it, th- This is going to be my takeaway from this movie because I dislike this movie so much is going to be my fun fact about it. So, um, and this goes back to actually episode seven, and it will also go forward into episode nine, maybe. But the island that she's on, right? The island that Luke, she finds Luke on and everything? Yeah. So, historically, that's an island in Ireland, okay? Yeah. Interesting thing about it is it's where this monastery of monks were, mm-hmm. okay? It's, it, was the, it was the furthest west anyone had ever gone, like, during medieval areas. So, like, they, they, like, so these monks would continually pray for the countries across this water and pray for, like, brave people to spread the gospel that way. And so, like, it was, like, the edge of the known world into an unknown darkness. And so, like, that's, like, they were this bastion of light against this kingdom of darkness. It's, like, I've heard it explained really cool. But, like, it was this different, this idea. So, like, that was, like, um, all the huts and everything that you see in the episode were, like, were already there because it was where all these monks lived. Mm, yes, yeah, so I already heard about the monks, but I didn't yeah. realize the whole darkness thing. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's my takeaway. Be light, not dark. Yeah. From I that mean, episode. To be honest, not really too much over here. Just. Question, what was the yeah. whole deal with the child with the Jedi ring? Okay, nobody really knows what that was. I think it was just supposed to be symbolism that there's hope in the galaxy. And I have no idea. Again, it goes with everybody has a different directing style. And coming from somebody who's trying to make a series, like, yeah, that would be really kind of cool, you know? And, and Jonathan, can you explain for a second? Um, All three of those movies were supposed to have three different directors. Yeah, originally, according to what I heard, each movie was supposed to have its own director. But what ended up happening was after the, they tried, oh, let's put Ryan Johnson in as Last Jedi. And because of the huge backlash that came out of that, we're like, yeah, I think we're going to have to get back to JJ to try to fix this up. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't remember who the last director was supposed to be. But Me neither. You can't pull off the same directing style as a TV series no. that you can do with a movie series. It's yeah, like I mean, that's one of the, actually the high points of than, Mandalorian. Yeah, it's like having someone other than, um, I mean, oh, who directed um, Lord of the Rings? It's just on my mind. Peter Jackson. Yeah, Peter Jackson. It's like, Having someone besides Peter Jackson do The Return of the King and The Two Towers when he did the first one, it's not going to be the same story. It's not going to be the same character arcs. Although you have books you're basing on those. Yes, that is also very true. But no, well, no, I'm not going to say that at all because you can even take a book and you can take it a different way. True. A really good example of that was uh, a movie called Ready Player One. They had a movie. It was originally a book. 
And the movie came out and some things in the movie were different than the book, which I think I've said a lot of fans, but yeah. it's very different on just how you interpret the literature and try to make yeah, that I've a lot of Lord of the Rings fans too. The whole chapters are taken up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, that, I guess that brings us to episode nine then. Episode nine. So, um, fun fact number, I don't know how many about episode, but this is about episode nine. So there's, there's actually this like theory that goes around about, you know, that ridiculous scene that's like kind of cool on top of the ship. Like when all of those weird animal beasts are like part of this charge. Yes. Okay. So there's a theory about this because JJ Abrams supposedly really wanted to direct, um, Lord of the Rings. Yes. I've heard of this. Yeah, so he, so okay. he wanted to have, like, so he wanted to, scene. yeah. So like the, he wanted to do the Rohan scene all over again. So this was his Rohan moment right here was this ridiculous charge. See, JJ Abrams was a really good director for this series. He was, I think they could have done a really, he could have done an amazing job with this series. And that only proves with that, even episode seven, that he had it in the ballpark. He knew yeah. what he wanted to do with this. You just have to let the director do all three and, take it and yeah. just run with the idea I, I, and this is like one of the i think i i mean i i would say my takeaway from this one as an episode nine would be redemption um oh, it, yeah but even more i mean i guess it's part of redemption but the power of forgiveness that's also big and right because yeah. if i remember he killed her parents right ray killed her parents uh ren. i mean kylo ren killed i'm pretty ray's sure parents. ren did yes I, I mean i think that's pretty well I, I take that back because her father is palpatine no that's her grand his her, her, her see, that's the one thing i really didn't understand is you're trying to tell me that ray's dad and mom got killed by kylo ren and somehow one of them either his dad or his mom is related to palpatine yeah which brings up the other question that palpatine i think you have to go into the eu what got is it or we're also thinking that um it was the same it was the same thing as anakin so yeah uh, palpatine reorganize the midichlorians or something to basically create anakin okay so that's one of the pr- my problems with george lucas like it was like this mythical it was this myth- mythical thing with the force and everything in the original movies but then he went back to the prequels and tried to make it scientific and it didn't work and it didn't work like because uh, he's like well so who was the dad and she's like there was no dad and we're like okay so how did that which happen? it would have been completely okay if it had stayed in the myth idea but once you try mm-hmm. to make it scientific with like the midichlorian whatever that makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, name one thing that science is trying to prove that it hasn't really been able to prove and only make more complicated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there are some things that science has been able to prove, but yeah. there's a lot of things, especially philosophically, that they're like, yeah, let's try to make science, you know, prove that. And it does not work out it, very yeah, well. Yeah, it doesn't work out really well. So, I mean, that brings us, I mean, the worst line of that whole movie was, what's your last name? Or whatever was your name? Ray. Skywalker. Oh, that wasn't the worst line in the movie for me. What was the worst line, line in the movie is when Oscar Isaac says, somehow, some way, the Emperor has returned. <laughs> You're trying to tell me that you've had this guy come back. Uh, we, we had no reference to him in the past two movies, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, oh, now she can use electricity because she's the granddaughter of Palpatine. Like, okay, um, you have to admit, the most pointless character ever, though, is Snoke. Snoke was. It, it, it didn't make any sense. And he's like, I am Snoke. I'm like, okay, this is just only like, is this that something that we're, we're supposed to, to know? Are we supposed to know who Snoke is? Like, Snoke apparently was, okay. I think originally in JJ's eyes, Snoke was Palpatine. Yes. Snoke was supposed to be like a zombie undead version of Palpatine. I think the Star Wars, you know, nerds can bump me out on this, but I'm pretty sure that's what he was supposed to be. And 
Ryan Johnson made him an entirely separate character. And yeah. then it just made him like, oh, now we have clones of Snoke. And the cloning of Snoke was supposed to somehow help to bring back Palpatine. And Palpatine is the weird Yeah, like, machine. wasn't Snoke, like, supposed to be, like, one of, like, the, like, deformed clones of Palpatine? See, I don't remember. I think it was. I really don't remember, though. Yeah. Which didn't make any sense. It did, yeah, it doesn't like, make sense. There's so much that didn't get explained, which is why yeah. I'm just like, so, you I know mean, what, y'all? Just erase the canon from there and, uh, you know, we'll just get rid of it. You know, like every other movie that has any inappropriate, you know, reference today. We're just, just going to get rid of the movie. Yeah, exactly. So... I mean, I mean, but this movie is monumental because it is the end it of was, the Skywalker saga. Which is why I have to say, going back to what I said before, is comparing this to even Endgame, this movie could have been so much better in regards to wrapping up a yeah. trilogy. I mean, he did a great I mean, not job. Not even a trilogy. Of, you know, a yeah, whole, it, it, I mean, the saga. saga. It's a saga that's been going on ever since episode one or episode four right. was released. So, it's I mean, episode one on. through nine, plus you add the clone wars really to it i to mean to be honest it's a very daunting task and he did a good job of trying to wrap it up while trying to fix he did. the mistakes of the previous movie but to be honest that movie should have been like two to three hours yeah. long i don't remember how long it was but yeah it should it should have been longer um so i mean i guess uh, i'll ask you this too jonathan but i guess my takeaway from the skywalker saga is going to be redemption again it's never too late for redemption. It's never too late for redemption. Okay, here we go. So, extraordinary things can come from unlikely places. Yes. Even the best of us can fall. Uh-huh. And that it's never too late for redemption. That is a beautiful wrap-up summary, Jonathan. Of That's good. C- complete Skywalker saga. So, how long has this episode been, Jonathan? It is coming up on about 58 minutes almost. Oh, wow. So, so, we've so we're almost an hour. Here. Oh, we've yeah. been talking for a while. Boy. And we haven't even completely nerded out on, like... As far as we could go. No, I mean, we haven't even delved deep into The Mandalorian or even what's the future of Star Wars even is. But you know what? This is a pretty good place just to yeah. put a little little uh, bookmark in the book. And who knows? Maybe we may well, come back. I mean, we'll come back and we can do like just whole episodes on individual episodes. Exactly. Exactly. So if you've enjoyed this episode, it is coming to an end. Uh, somehow we've tried to fly through Star Wars at a breakneck pace. If you like this. Please, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review if you can. Jonathan, what else should they do? Well, if you all have any other ideas or any other, you know, universes, I'm thinking maybe we may have, I'm thinking we're absolutely going to hit Disney or Kingdom Hearts here eventually in the future. But if there's, and definitely Lord of the Rings as well, can't go without that. But if there are any other, you know, universes or anything maybe you'd like for us to touch or give a little other insight into, absolutely, you know, just let us know, you know? Yeah, so stay in touch with us. You can follow us on Instagram. Yeah at project 68 underscore guild and as we are nearing our first ever hour-long episode i'm ethan nunn and i'm jonathan and may the force be with you always this has been story war